everybody, and welcome to episode number 94, the real 94 of the Fresh and Parlay okay, Show. I am Parlay. Last week was actually 93. That is true. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but it's Girl Scouts cookie season, son. Uh, I guess, whatever. I don't really care about that. But it is St. Patrick's Day. You don't really care about Girl Scout cookies? That's un-American. Yeah, I don't, I'm not a fan of Girl Scout cookies. Why is this? But first, let's talk about some. I, first, I want to talk a little bit about St. Patrick's Day, and then I want to understand why you don't like Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> All right. Well, St. Patrick's Day. I got my little, my dude here, right here. This is my happy shamrock, St. Patrick's Day. Hey, guy. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> He's sparkly. He has really <laughs> crappy alpha channels. <laughs> but uh <laughs> like, I like um, it. I like it. You're celebrating I like it. You're celebrating in style. Yeah. I just went over and had a Guinness with my mom at home, but I was gonna have a Guinness to open here, but I forgot and so I don't. But that's yeah, yeah St. Patrick's Day. Whoop. Uh, so you know much to you like uh dislike your dislike of Girl Scout cookies. I just have a dislike for St. Patrick's Day. I just like I'm not Irish, not really Catholic, so I don't really have That's a reason. Cool. I don't have a reason. There, to... I don't. I don't consider it religious, anyways. I mean, it's totally just a drinking holiday. It's well, like I... in it's in competition with uh with Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> let me let me explain something. Much like Mother's Day or Father's Day or a birthday, I don't need a day to tell people. Or to tell me I need a drink. Do you understand what I'm saying? I drink every day. Just like you're supposed to say I love you to your significant other and your mother every day. Yeah. 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 I don't need a holiday to say get drunk. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a repressed individual who has to. That's true. Yeah. So it's not about you, though. It's about the group. Because, yeah, you can get drunk any day. But it's like everyone agreed on a day to do it together. And so it's more of a party. Because, like, yeah, I mean, the same thing with... uh, with Valentine's Day or some sort of thing where it's about like you and your significant other, it doesn't make sense to have it be a specific day because then everyone's doing their thing with their other specific others and it doesn't you don't care about the other people who are like doing their couple's thing. But with like a drinking holiday or like some sort of any sort of holiday where it's like a party type thing, then it's more like everyone decided on that day to go do it and so it's more fun when everyone's doing it. Right, so I should have opened the show with, hey, everybody, welcome to episode number 94 of the Fresh and Parland Show. It's St. Patrick's Day. What a great day. This is a day for drunks like me to share in my, in my non-sobriety with other people who only drink three times a year. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> much more accurate. <laughs> that and Halloween. Except for yeah. Halloween, it's also like a, you know, uh, costume-oriented Right. Well, I was gonna. It's actually New Year's Eve because we today did a Google search on hangover, uh, hangover cures, and the the highest day for people searching how to cure a hangover is actually January first. Well, yeah, I believe that for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's when the amateurs come out. St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, like yeah, I don't know if it has anything. Like, I don't even think like Irish people, people in Ireland, don't care about it. Like, I've heard. Uh, St. Patrick's Day. Uh, so here's what little I know about St. Patrick. He was 
somehow enslaved in Ireland, escaped. He was an atheist, then he became a Catholic. Then he came back to Ireland and was on a mission for Catholicism and ended up uh, converting most, if not all, of Ireland to, to Catholicism. And this, the reason why the shamrock was is kind of like a traditional and why you have it right there to your left was that was he pulled that out of the field when he was explaining uh, Catholicism to talk about the Holy Trinity. Yours is unfortunately a four-leaf clover, so that wouldn't work. But Because we're lucky. Right, right. So he would say, here's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and here's the shamrock. And that's, and that's how that became symbolic of, of St. Patrick and St. Patrick's Day. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, the origin is, like, not even important to me. Like, it's, the origin of all of the holidays is, like, not really important anymore. <laughs> I don't think. But... I like St. Patrick's Day because it was my grandpa's favorite holiday. And I think that he liked it because uh, when he was growing up, it seemed like a lot of the cities and stuff were really segregated. Like per, there's like the Irish people section and there's like the Chinese people section. Like that's just how cities were. And so St. Patrick's Day was kind of like the Irish people holiday. So it was like everyone celebrates for like that it's like oh that's my group i'm just gonna celebrate for it you know what i mean yeah i think I, that's how i feel about like the whole reason of it it's just like it doesn't really matter what the origin is it's just it was associated with irish people so it's like their holiday here yeah it's interesting i mean uh sort of i mean in some ways uh <clears throat> You know, Irish Catholic immigrants, when they were coming over to the United States, were uh, definitely perceived as a job-stealing minority uh, by uh, yeah. many. And so St. Patrick's Day was a way to kind of uh, potentially kind of celebrate their uniqueness in a way that was uh, kind of more uh, accepted, possibly. Yeah, that's, um, that's what I'm talking about. Exactly. But... Nevertheless, it does bear, it's interesting to know, like, uh, you know, 1850s uh, U.S. politics, how, you know, not to, like, talk about modern times, but it's interesting to think about how people were frightened of German and Irish Catholic immigrants and seeing that they were stealing, uh, stealing their jobs and now where we are today. I know, yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of like we haven't moved at all. We've just moved the target to some other person. <laughs> So that's how that's how it goes. It's it was like and I, and by the way, the name of the party, just so you know, and we'll get back to this. I just it made me think of it because I was thinking about Donald Trump because I saw my first Donald Trump poster in a yard today. In a yard? Yeah, yeah. I went was so I came. It was sort of by my house, not quite by my house, but like you know, on the way to the supermarket, and uh, and it's right where there's like it's a main intersection, and so it's a T. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I was coming down to the T and right at yeah. the light there where the T is right in the yards facing the T was a two uh, Donald Trump signs. It said Trump make America great again. So it was like, I was just like, Oh, is this, is this really like, uh, am I, because we haven't had our caucus yet. So I guess we've, I haven't had to see any of these signs. Does, come up do or we whatever. matter? Is it like close enough that it'll matter here? Uh, yeah, it's good. In the Republican side, it's definitely, it may come, like, we're one of the later voting states, so it, it, we have a lot of, uh, we have a lot of um, delegates. So, yeah, it, it, it will matter for the Democrats. That's cool that we matter. Yeah, I think in all likelihood, we are a very, on the Democratic side, we're a very liberal-leaning uh, state, so I think Bernie's probably going to win the Washington state, but 
who knows what's going to happen with the, the, the Republicans. Um, but anyway, yeah, St. Patrick's Day. I, I, you know what? You may have changed my mind. I, maybe I'm just being grumpy. I, I used to love yeah, St. Patrick's Day. I mean, it's, Day. yeah, the origin is like, yeah, not that cool or whatever. The, the, it's a religious holiday. But I feel like that's kind of – I mean, I feel the same way about Christmas. I don't think Christmas is a religious holiday either, but people disagree with it or whatever. Um, <laughs> like, I don't uh, think the origin is important. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't think Christmas is a religious holiday ever," said Jer- uh, said Fresher, for the, the only one ever. Like I said that at Christmas too. First off, say the name one more time. What's the name? Yeah. Oh, it doesn't matter what the. I mean, it doesn't matter what the name is or how it started. It could be called like uh, Jesus' birthday, and like it wouldn't matter. It's still not religious in my opinion because I don't think that the original like meaning like has anything to do with it. Um, I mean, but yeah, it depends sure. on the person. So, like, yeah, people would totally argue that, but uh, it's I mean, like a. I don't think that's an important part of the holiday as it's developed. Well, I mean, for, for instance, I'm pretty sure um, the word Christmas comes from uh, Christus Meus or something like that, which is essentially, essentially like uh, I believe or something like that. It's it's the etymology is the mass of Christmas. So, like or the mass yeah. of Christ. So like, like no joke, like it's, it's rooted in religion, but um, yeah, I, no, that, that was my point. I mean, yeah, of course, that's what I was saying. It could be like called Christian holiday. Number one, that would be fine. And it, I'd still think that it's not religious at this point. Right. Well, we, it, or it should be Christian holiday or the last Christian holiday of the year. Maybe that would be better. But the, the, I guess, um, yeah, I, I hear you because I think it is that's a what the war on Christmas is. Hey, so what I was in, are saying they're making it like secular Christmas because that's what I basically what I'm talking about for sure. And when I was in um, Singapore, right, which is a, I don't think is a it doesn't have a massive amount of uh, Christians. Um, they were celebrating Christmas, and I'm like, and and even like my driver who was Muslim had celebrated Christmas. I was like, yeah, I don't think it has. I mean, it of course it would for people who want it to because that's like how they want to celebrate it. But I just think like. Overall, there's definitely enough aspects that people can participate in a non-religious way, which is how I also feel about St. Patrick's Day, regardless of what the origins are. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, this has taken an interesting turn to start the show. I don't know if I could... <laughs> <laughs> but we did, we did come uh, mildly unprepared, for. but I did have a flurry of, of additions to our agenda for the, uh, for the show. But yeah, all right. Idea of a flurry. It's a yeah. I mean, I like the idea of going to Dairy Queen. By the way, I believe yesterday was Free Dairy Queen Cone Day. What? But speaking For of, what? Be, uh, I, I don't think it was this like National Ice Cream Day or something stupid like that. I heard it was National Nap Day not too long ago. <laughs> this is like National Nap Day is a, now that's a religious holiday because when I go to church, uh, yeah. it's it's, it's have, I always <laughs> they have all these National Food Days and National Whatever Days. Have these like always existed and people just never like had the means to look them up or know, or is this like something that's only like developed in the last couple years? I think uh, National Days are uh, have been around. Um, I mean, for- like. They've been around, but it, did they change? Is it like different every year? Or are these just like, has it been the same every year for a long time? And I just never knew. I think if they've been around, you just never knew. Uh, let me see here. Cause I'm going to look it up. Um, I'm, I want to look at, to see if I could find the national day calendar. Let me see if I could find a national day. I feel like there's a. Uh, Cause they're um, international ones too. Yeah. This is. I kind of just want to make my own actually. 
Like and make it a random thing for each day and then celebrate it like ahead of time. Apparently, and all you have to do like is pressure and parlance days of the year. I feel like all you need to That's do a good idea. is is submit it to a site. So, oh my god, every day, like, dude, every day has at least five or six things. So, for instance, um, March first. Just, I'm just gonna pick like a couple days here. Uh, March first was National Dadgum. That's good day. National Fruit Compote Day, National Horse Protection Day, National Peanut Lovers Day, and National... But so how long have those existed is my question. I have no idea. You could click each one of them. I don't know. Let's see how you find it. What's today's date? Today's the 17th? I believe so. Let's see. Um, Oh, my goodness. Okay, so it's it's only... Well, this is interesting. St. Patrick's Day, it only shares with one other national day. And that is the National Corn Beef and Cabbage Day. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, it seems very uh, synergistic. Um, it says here in the United States. Oh, interesting. How to observe? Try one of these following recipes. Uh, <laughs> every I had day- uh, soda bread. Ooh. I had soda bread and cheese and meat. Well, fresher. I don't know if you know this, but tomorrow is National Biodiesel Day. National Lacey, National Lacy Oatmeal Cookie Day. National oh Lacy Oatmeal Cookie Day. No, Lacy Oatmeal Cookie Day. It's also like with that, drugs. <laughs> Lacy, L A C Y, Lacy. Yeah, with <laughs> with drugs. National tomorrow's National Sloppy Joe Day. I don't know if you. Knew oh, that. also speaking of drugs. Sorry, everyone, for our horrible audio audio quality the last couple times. I hope our audio is better this time, and also that I am able to talk. I don't know if you know this, but this National Sloppy Joe Day is observed each year on March 18th, and that it was um, the first Sloppy Joe was made in Havana, Cuba, in the 1930s. Interesting. So, yeah. wait, has the day existed since the 30s? Then it doesn't. It doesn't give the uh, etymology. It doesn't say. Um, this is one of those that doesn't uh, give a. That's what uh, have founder. any of them? I haven't heard any of them that have had an origin date. Uh, I probably could go find one for like something that's a little bit more legitimate, like National Pig Day. But anyway, <laughs> I like that. That's the one that's legitimate. I you know, just... like a real legitimate one, like you know, National Pig Day. Duh. <laughs> well, for instance, it says here the feast of St. Patrick's Day started in the early 17th century. The day marks the death of St. Patrick and was chosen as an official Christian feast day and is observed by the Catholic Church. The day is also a public holiday in the Republic of Ireland. Northern Ireland, the Canadian province of Newfoundland and Labrador, and the British overseas territory of Montserrat is also widely separated by the Irish diaspora around the world, especially in Great Britain, Canada, and the United States, Argentina, Australia, and New Zealand. So there you go. It's actually a national holiday in Ireland, and it is there to represent the death of St. Patrick. There you Wait, go. that's Pig Day? No, that's St. Patrick's Day, just so you know. <laughs> cool. Um, nice. yeah, this is interesting. I, I, there's literally a day for everything, and every day is... That's like, what I was talking about. I mean, I've only noticed those the last couple of years, and I just wonder if that's like been around forever, and I just didn't know, because I kind of don't think so. By At the way, least some of them. Hold on. Here you go. It says here that uh, National Pig Day, how to observe National Pig Day. This is fantastic. Cuddle up with one, read about (laughs) one, or eat one. Those pretty much are like the full like range of what you could possibly do with a pig. 
It says here, our researchers found that the day was created in 1972 by two sisters, Ellen Stanley and Mary Lynn Rave. Ellen was a school teacher in Lubbock, Texas, and Mary was from Beaufort, North Carolina. According to Mary Lynn Rave, the purpose of National Pig Day is to accord the pig its rightful and and its rightful, though generally unrecognized, place of as one of man's most intellectual and domesticated animals. Nice. So anyway, we should do this every day. We should talk about what today is. That's amazing. I also just want to make my own day calendar. And like, have how to observe that day, and like how, when it was like formed, right? That I want to do that. I mean, I don't know if I will, just like everything else. But well, next week when our show goes on, actually, we may not have a show next week, but um, is that actually National Chocolate Covered Raisin Day? It owns its oh, own day. Snap. Yeah. I do like chocolate covered raisins. Um, so anyway, we brought this up. I was telling you, I saw that Trump thing. I don't know if you know about this fresher, but la- this last Tuesday there was a lot of primaries. And uh, I don't know what they were calling it. Super duper Tuesday, super Tuesday two. Trump won a lot of a lot of delegates. I don't know if you saw that. Oh man, I didn't. I think it is. Cr- I mean, like in general, like I think it's good that Trump is like winning or whatever. I don't know if it's like I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. Like, even though there's a bunch of people who support him, like, I'm glad that those people are getting heard, like, because they exist. I mean, like, it's kind of messed up that that is a majority or whatever, you know what I mean? But, like, they're, like, solidifying and that, like, now we know that there's all these people that are like that, like, and they're they're separating themselves out. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. Like, I don't know how that will affect anything, but, like. Like you, you can't like be a reasonable person, and you know, you know what I mean. Like they're separating themselves out. You're saying this is like if it's kind of like a list of the crazies, is what you're saying? Not really a list, but like maybe if he won and like people are supporting him, and it's like it really is that crazy and all the stuff that people want, and that's like what the country wants as a whole. Like that sucks. Like, it's not a good thing for the country, but, like, maybe it is if that's what everyone wants. <laughs> I don't think everyone wants... I don't think everyone wants that. Yeah, you're definitely saying, not everyone, but, like... You're saying a majority or a yeah, electoral... Yeah, I mean, like, it's always been, like, a separation, but, like, if he's getting, like, all these people who maybe didn't vote before... I don't... I didn't actually look into it or anything, but... Yeah, maybe it's... These are people that, like, were not represented before because they, they never... They never really, like... Uh, identified with anyone but they can identify with trump then well, like coming out and doing stuff like um, even if it's bad like at least they're being represented or whatever <laughs> well maybe according to this article donald trump's grammar is typical of a child age 11 and under yeah i mean it, they said that he on purpose talks and writes at a fifth grade level because it's the most like desirable for like the demographic that he's going for Interesting. Interesting. Who do you think? And like, and he does that on purpose, and that's why he never uses big words. And he, I mean, it's like totally strategized. But like, that that group is such a large. Like, it's good that they're being represented, even though if they have crazy beliefs. I don't know. What I, you know what's interesting is that they ha- there's this list of uh, vocabulary and grammatical comparison, and I'm assuming vocabulary is like the words you use, and grammar is the way you use those words. I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. And they have um, they have the, them in a bar chart against Lincoln, 
Ronald Reagan, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, Obama, Ted Cruz, Hillary Clinton, Marco Rubio, Bernie Sanders, and Trump. And what's interesting yeah. is George W. Bush had a a tenth grade level vocabulary, but a yeah. fifth, but a fifth grade level grammar. And oh, yeah. yeah, and so actually George W. Bush has a higher vocabulary than Hillary Clinton, Marco Rubio, Bill Clinton, and Abraham Lincoln. Who did? George, George W. Bush. W. Bush. But he had the lowest grammar. He was the lowest. What about grammar. Obama? Obama is tied with George W. Bush, but blows him away for grammar. Obama speaks at an eighth grade level. Grammar, grammatically. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's probably why he seems so smart. <laughs> the only people that were higher grammatically were Reagan and Lincoln. Apparently, Reagan was high in vocabulary and grammar, apparently, according to this Carnegie Mellon University readability analysis of speeches. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Crazy stuff. So uh, I uh, had, um, I had saw Jersey Boys over the weekend. Oh, yeah? Do you know what Jersey Boys is? A musical that uh, our coworker extremely likes. <laughs> yes, that's for sure. That is what it is. But it's a, it's a, uh, it's a. I would say a. It's kind of like a, not a musical, but a show with music. Because the, you know, traditionally when you think of a musical, it's like, hey, fresher, what you got going for episode nine four? I think I know more. Let's go for a store or something like that. You know, they t- they tell a story through music or whatever. Sometimes that was pretty good. I'd have to and, say. And um, in this case, it was like just dialogue intermixed with the hot hits of the Four Seasons and Frankie Valley. Yeah. Um, so do you? I don't know if you knew much about the Four Seasons or Frankie Valley. I will I tell don't you know either of those. I will tell you as I, I as you, I stand here today. Um, yeah, I knew I knew the songs, and at the end of the show, I was I had no expectations. I came out and I was like, oh man, those were a lot of good hits. Those were a lot of good hits. They had a good they had a good run. Um, but I knew nothing about them or their or the show itself. So you liked in. it? I did like it, but it's not my top most favorite show of all time. That's for sure. That's good to know. I don't think I've seen very many shows. I was going to try to go to some, but yeah. I don't even know. I can't think of the last one. Oh, I went to uh, Zoo Mania or whatever in um, the Cirque, Cirque du Soleil in Las Vegas. Oh, Zoomanity. Zoomanity. Zoomanity, yeah. Yeah. Um, Speaking of like- I also saw Zootopia yesterday. Not uh, a show. But uh, a movie. And what's and what were your thoughts, Fresher? I liked it. Ah, and, I like it. And why did you like <laughs> Zootopia? I thought it was a pretty good depiction of an alternate animal civilization in the future, and I think that they did all the super cheesy stuff in a pretty coherent way. That made sense, even though it was totally the typical, like, you know, even though I'm different, I can do anything that I want message that's in, like, all kids' movies. So did you find this uplifting, hilarious? What were your emotions coming in this, going in and coming out of this thing? Um, uh, no, I mean, it was, like I was saying, it's just, like, predictably one of those kids' movies about, like, anyone can do whatever. I just thought it was interesting the way they depicted the animal world. 
Well, here, here, give me, let me and give it, you like, an and the animals were really cute because the CG was really good. And I read a bunch about all how they rendered it ahead of time. And I liked their, uh, yeah, I guess that's it. So I'm going to just tell you. So I, when I went to see Jersey Boys, I didn't have much yeah. of an expectation. And I came out feeling good because I felt like I was singing the songs. I was like doing stuff. But, it, it, you know, so like I was uplifted coming out. Now I'm not, I still don't necessarily feel the same way about the show. And I think about it a little. So when you were leaving the theater and you were like pulling the popcorn between your teeth and you're thinking about the movie, yeah. what, what, was your th- what were the thoughts you Yeah, were I thought that was really good. I like that a lot. Good. All right. So there you go. So yeah. it, so you're giving it a, is a uh, stamp of approval, a fresher stamp. Yes, of I would give it on the freshman parlance scale an eight. Ooh, man, dang. Okay, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty that, good. Does that mean you're recommending it to me? I am. I would be recommending it. I mean, I don't think that all people will like it probably because it is a kids movie, but I think that it's like, it's cute enough. And has like all the standard. It's like not an unpredictable story, but then they do have enough like pretty good twists, and then just the visuals are like really good, and the, just the world, like, you know, like movies have different aspects. There's like the story or the world or the characters. Like people can like focus on and like more, depending on those things. And the world in this movie is really good. I think if you just disregard everything else and you just focus on how they built up the world and the civilization in this movie, it's really good. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. All right. And the characters are also pretty good, but they're, you know, predictable and like normal or whatever. But then also the visuals are really good. Like just like all the animals are like super cute and they have like pretty good, like current um, analogies for things that are going on and stuff. And their story didn't really have any like major plot holes. You know, it was just like typical stuff. It was pretty good. Because hmm. I think a lot of other kids' movies have like huge plot holes that are really dumb. Like someone was comparing it to, uh, they liked um, Big Big Eight or Big Five, whatever. Big, Big Hero Six or whatever. Big, yeah, that has so many plot holes. And that world is pretty good, but like it's not like that good. Their future world is like a little bit more. Um, abstract and not realistic like they didn't think through a lot of the aspects they just thought like let's make san francisco and tokyo in the future and then they didn't like do anything else they just like kind of went with it stylistically and didn't really think through how it would work Hmm. but that's not what they did in this movie they actually thought through like if all the animals like were to live together in a civilization like how would it be and then they like built that up and it like totally makes sense and like is pretty cool Good. All right. Jeez. All right. That's that's a. I mean, I haven't. This is the most, I, I would say, uh, glowing review that is coming from your side of the camera in a very long time. <laughs> I mean, I really like Guardians of the Galaxy too. That is true. But, you do. You did like. Oh, so what one was better, Guardians of the Galaxy, or? I mean, yeah, I would rather watch Guardians of the Galaxy than Zootopia. Like definitely. Like I just like that genre better. Like more aspects of it, but um. Yeah, I, in a different genre. I mean, I like them similarly. It's just yeah. like I like the other genre better. Interesting, <laughs> interesting. Hey, so um, did you see that the airlines are introducing a new class of seats that are below economy? I did not see that. I've seen that in the past where they're going to have like the half standing seats so you're more squished together. But I didn't see anything about it recently. So let me let me see if I could uh, let me see if I could 
find in the article the uh, the story about this because um, I was effect- reading though how it's super messed up that flight prices have only been going up and not down, even though gas prices are like at an all time low recently, which doesn't make sense because they always say that flights should be more connected to fuel prices. That's why they said the flights were so expensive. So I don't yeah. know why they'd be making a cheaper like economy class when they're already like getting way more money than they are spending on resources. Okay. Do you know what I mean? I know exactly what you're saying. And I, it's essentially, they've, they've uh, pretty much, I think, wanted to do a, a hearing on this because the, the airlines are, should be making more money or making more money than ever because when gas prices went up, they had to charge more. And then when gas prices went down, they're still charging more and it doesn't make any sense because it's supposed to be yeah, dynamic. That's, that's my point. Yeah, so there's going to be an investigation into that at some point. It's price gouging, pretty much, and per, yeah. per, per, perhaps even at worst collusion. I mean, the but like that's exactly what the oil industry is, anyways. Like <laughs> they're doing the same racket. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> like exactly that. I know. It's like, oh, uh, the the price of oil is going down. Let's just shut off the spigot for a while, and <laughs> and make and make it more scarce to raise prices. The fact that we, yeah. that that is allowed and even like is just stupid. Anyway. So basic economy for frugal travels is shorthand for giving up some of the few remaining remaining comforts of flying economy. The biggest sacrifice, like as if that, like just flying economy in itself is pretty terrible. The biggest sacrifice is losing the ability to reserve a seat when booking a flight. So be prepared for so a middle seat. It says, so be prepared for a middle seat in the back row. If you're traveling with a fa- fa- uh, family or colleagues, forget about sitting together. Passengers flying basic also forfeit their right to upgrade their seats and to change or cancel their reservations more than 24 hours after booking. That sounds like regular with just the seat thing. How is that going to save money? Like, how do they do any... Like, they're just tiering it, and so people can... They can make that be the normal price and have the normal ones be more expensive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I think you pretty much hit it on the head. It's, it, what is it? You know, it's saying airlines being airlines. It's just like ever <laughs> since ever since they started doing baggage fees, I feel like they've and that by this well it's just another way of raising the cost of flying right baggage fees so the price looks cheap but then you have to pay for a thing oh uh you want to yeah. want to have an extra carry-on luggage that'll be 30 dollars. oh you want to you want to have a space to like you know put your feet that'll be another 20 dollars. like it's just like stupid stuff that they just keep nickel and diming you if anything i would say where you know things get cheaper and better over time like tvs and stuff like that yeah. this, is, this is the exact opposite for airlines i know dumb they, they get worse and more expensive. So screw I did you. get a really good flight to uh, Japan coming up, which is going to be cool. It was a really good deal. $600 round trip. That is a pretty good deal. It's like uh, half. Flying Delta? Uh, no, it's actually uh, with JAL. Oh, Japan Airlines? I've never flown yeah. JAL. Are they any good? That's all right, yeah. I mean, I feel like all Asian, well, at least all the Japanese airlines are way nicer because the stewardesses are crazy nice. They, like, change outfits, and, like, you get the towel. They're just, like, way more, like, tentative. And, like, you get better meals. They're just, like, it's a better experience. Yeah, I've, I've flown a number of different... Uh, I think we've discussed it here. I flew the Hello Kitty flight coming back from Taiwan. Yeah. On, on EVA Air or EVA Air. Yeah, EVA I've, Air is way nice, too. I think yeah. Singapore Air was, like... That and the Dubai one are the supposedly the best airlines. I've flown Emirates. I actually flew uh, Emirates to Dubai, and it was very good service. They give you um, slippers. It's crazy they have on the commercial. It looks like they have the stand-up bar. It's all just like a lounge area. Well, I think that's in the first-class area with the with the one and the plane that has like the second deck, which is also crazy. 
Yeah, that's cool. I always yeah. wanted to go on that on a seven four seven. Yeah, the the that and the first class you get like beds. <laughs> it's like it's crazy. Yeah. It's so much space. Um, so also just uh, I I wanted to bring up um, the new our new uh, section that we call news that passed us by. Oh I mean, yeah, yeah. So I have two stories news of the news that passed us by. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the stories that news that passes by is a, a fairly recent one. Um, Frank Sinatra Jr. died. Not only Ooh, did I, I did not know that. Yeah, not only did I not know Frank Sinatra Jr. died based off of the fact that I just happened to look at the news and I saw that Frank Sinatra Jr. died today. I was like, what? That happened? <laughs> Secondly, I didn't even know there was a Frank Sinatra Jr. So that's like a double passed me by. Not only that did I double. double, and then this is an interesting one. News that passed me by. In 1999, Sonic Youth had like something like 43 guitars stolen. Did you know yeah. this? I didn't no, know. This. I mean, yeah, I hadn't heard until just the other day. Um, yeah. So this one's actually a little more interesting, and I'm gonna. I'll, I'll, we could spend a little time on this, but apparently, um, back in 1999, and I found an article on MTV.com about this from way. By the way, way that back. image was the most pixelated image I've ever seen on a real article. Like unintentionally, it looks like. It's, I think it was unintentional, or maybe because the news, the story is from June 15th, 1999, and some, whatever reason, like, the website is, like, it's just something that's not even, I don't know, like, if they never, what's the word I'm looking for when they change, like, CMSs or, like, website design? Oh, yeah, like, they just, yeah, change systems. They change systems and just, like, whatever. I love, I was <laughs> reading this, and it was, like, um, Smith said he received a, a tip of information from an America Online account. <laughs> like people still had American <laughs> online accounts. Um, the reason why this is crazy is that in 1999, when all of their guitars were stolen, um, many of the equipment that they had was um, actually a like one of a kind. All of the electronics were pulled out. A lot of this stuff had been modifications and tuning on it. So when the yeah, cars- they all had they were like custom tuned, and they didn't even know how to reproduce it. They were just like, we'll use this. Like they switch guitars to get the sound, and it was like that guitar was just set up for that. Right, exactly, which I never knew. I, I, so, I didn't know that either. Yeah, and so then on top of that, I was able to like kind of do a little bit more digging, and I actually found the Sonic Youth website from July 4th, 1999, and it's like yeah. a, it's almost like an email from um, crockcroc at AOL.com, urgent, yeah. SY gear stolen. It's freaking crazy. It's as if the internet hasn't changed. If you click that link I put on there, it's a yeah. web, it looks like a website from literally 1996, but it's 1996. It's just like text. It's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> but there they have a list of all the different guitars that they lost, plus their cabinets, plus their bases, and it's like, please help us. And I didn't realize this, but the person who told us this um, was is actually a musician and was in the kind of like the Seattle band scene for a while. And when this happened, he was in the band scene. And a lot of these emails went around because the gu- guitars were very unique. And so they were relying on other bands from around the country to notify Sonic Youth that they saw something. They saw, yeah, I wonder what happened to them. Like if, I mean, yeah, they seemed like they couldn't be really, maybe international, you know? So apparently um, I was looking in, in 2012, I believe it was. Yeah, September of 2012, a couple of the guitars were found and they were found in a thrift shop. A thrift shop? Yeah. Uh, my eye yeah. patch. They found it in a thrift shop in like the UK or something like that. In the UK? Wow, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. So it says here, um, 
Uh, two long-lost guitars recovered within one week. Thirteen years later, a, cosm a cosmic coincidence or a sign delivered by the powers that be. The band began to recover these saloon guitars in 2005 when they played a show in L.A. Two scruffy teenage boys came up. They told us that they knew about our stolen guitars. One claimed his uncle was involved with stealing the van. We were like, yeah, sure, kid. But he sent these anonymous pictures of our gear in basements, foot pedals where you could see our... Syracuse guys riding on the sides and some of these sneaker on top. These kids were destitute. They'd been kicked out of their homes living in the car in LA. We said, we'll give you a few hundred dollars for, for each of them. It did happen. So they did get a couple and then they got a couple more later. Oh, interesting. It's so much later though. It's like, doesn't even, it doesn't even matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, it's nice, but yeah. Um, so that was, uh, the news that passed us by. We have the Sonic Youth and Springs and us. Yeah, <laughs> and, and 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 we have a follow up from a story we talked about two weeks ago. Jared Fogel from Subway. Remember we were talking about like he was. Oh getting yeah, yeah. So apparently, this just came in. I believe yesterday. Convicted pedophile and former Subway, Subway spokesperson Jared Fogel was reportedly assaulted by an inmate in prison where Fogel was serving 16 years. Fogel, 38, was tackled and punched in the face by a 60 year old man. Oh, an armed robber. Um, Stephen Nag, 60, left Fogel with a bloody nose, swollen face, and scratches on his neck after the recreation yard beatdown on January 29th that the, the site reported. So this is effectively a follow-up to the, the previous story where they're like, we don't get along with that guy. Yeah. Interesting, huh? That Jared, I feel like Jared's life, it was bad. It was, and he deserved everything he gets he deserves. But man... What a jerk. And now he's he's paying the price, my friends. He's paying the price. What a doof. So this one I wanted to talk to you about. It's not like – it's kind of like our version of like uh, science, science time, if you will, um, not to steal a prodigal son's uh, thing. Oh, by the way, if you want to reach out to us at, at Fresh and Poor on Twitter, you could – Oh, yeah. You can reach out on or Twitter. Or on Facebook or YouTube. I got them all open watching here. Um, yeah, so please do that. Uh, so I saw the story uh, that came out today, literally today, that says science closer to cloning T-Rex after discovering remains of pregnant dinosaur. So my question, so this is my question, and maybe you can answer it. How is it possible that the DNA, when they say DNA can only live one million years, and this thing is something like, I don't know, 23 million years old that this dna is okay i mean dna isn't living anyways but so well i mean you know what i know what you mean by living don't don't nitpick words <laughs> fresher what but, i'm saying, uh, what i'm saying is I don't like know. i mean maybe they found more well-preserved dna i don't know well uh, here's what it says it says um they found a pregnant dinosaur and that there's a bone known as the medullary medullary bone yeah. that grows in female dinosaurs during pregnancy. And according to this, that bone contains a lot of DNA, a lot more DNA than other bones. Um, I just, oh, I, so the, I mean, maybe the degradation of many of them together could like aggregate and make a full chain. Interesting. Cause you know, I'm all about cloning. I'm all about cloning dinosaurs. I think That's we should. Cool. Do I mean, it. I don't think I don't really care about cloning dinosaurs, but I mean, I guess it'd be cool. So but I don't see the point. I mean, besides just the fact that we could do it, but it seems more useful to clone other things. Like what? Like animals or people or pets? Oh, I would totally clone my dog. 
Yeah, or just like make a dog that's better. <laughs> I don't want a better dog. I want my dog, and I want to continue to have my dog forever and ever and ever. That's true. I mean, I think that they do that already. I, they do, but it's like $100,000. I want like a $10,000 option or a $5,000. you do it for $10,000? Yes. That's bold. It's a bold statement, but let me explain why. You could get a fresh dog for like, you know, one of those, um, you know, purebreds for like anywhere between two and $5,000, right? Those Havanese, yeah. or, you know what I'm saying? Those are fresh dogs, right? Yeah, but purebreds are not as good inherently anyways. Right. Well, here's my point. People pay for that. My dog's not a purebred. I'm never going to find my dog, my unique, the, the, the species or breed of my dog. I really like my dog. I like his his temperament. I like his, his just general everything. And I think I could recreate that same dog if I had the same dog. And I like that dog. So what I'm saying is if I had the ability to clone him, Merlin, I would do so. And I think if I would pay, I would pay, I pay way more $10,000 for a car, right? And my dog gives me yeah. way more pleasure, way more enjoyment. Do you have multiple? Huh? If you could clone your dog, would you have like several of them? Like buy one, get one free? I mean, we'll just like at the same time, you know? No, I wouldn't want to have, I don't, maybe, maybe like an overlap. So like, like the old Merlin could teach the, the young Merlin. Yeah. Or just have like four of them or something. I would just like to have a constant flow of Merlin in my life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That'd be and pretty cool. An unending like overlap of Merlin. I guess my point is, is like people spend a tremendous amount of money on a car, and on top of like the utility that the car gives you, but you have maintenance, you have fuel, you have all that stuff. I feel like the cost of having a dog, which provides so much love and care, and just like makes you feel emotionally centered generally when he comes home and he just jumps on your leg and he makes you feel good. I think that that's a that's a. I know people were like, oh, I have to like rescue a dog and do all that stuff. Yeah, that's all good. You could rescue a dog. I like my dog. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. I mean, he was effectively a rescue, but whatever. But you I still think that's better than uh, cloning dinosaurs. Right. I mean, I guess for, like, I don't know, historically, you could find out from that. You could find out more about the dinosaurs, but I don't know if that's going to... I mean, I don't think that we should necessarily not do it either. It's just, like, I'm not personally that interested in it. <laughs> I would, I would, I would, I'm a fool, but I would definitely go to some Jurassic Park type island to look at the dinosaurs. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. But I'm not like waiting for it. If it was a thing that I could do, like maybe I'd be like, yeah, I guess I'll check that out. <laughs> like after like, oh, maybe after like 10 years when it's not as busy or something, you know? <laughs> well, I, I'm guessing like SeaWorld. Um, not SeaWorld. Well, yeah, SeaWorld's a good example, right? It's like, ooh, ooh, like, let's, you know, let's go to SeaWorld and look at the, like, crazy exotic animals. But could you imagine, uh, like, if there, people, like, don't make trips to go to SeaWorld, but when they go to, like, other locations, they're like, hey, let's check on SeaWorld. Why not? You know what I'm saying? I think that if they did a Jurassic Park, let's say, in the middle of uh, Hawaii or something like that, I think it would be a huge success. People wouldn't oh, go yeah, to Hawaii. Oh, yeah, for uh, sure. Like, dude, it'd be insane success. Everyone would go there. People love dinosaurs. <laughs> but like, yeah. is that really the only reason to learn to clone them is to make a successful like business? Yes. That is the only is that, reason. You think that's what they're doing? I don't know if that's what they're doing, but that would be the, the only reason you would ever do it is to make money off of it. 
yeah i mean that's that's a good reason to do it but i feel like that's not i think it's just like people i don't know yeah that makes more sense to me right so i mean much like the ones that they can bring back that they do have dna on because there's like frozen woolly mammoths in the ocean i mean in the in like the arctic where like they have the dna of these creatures then they actually could bring them back pretty easily um so those I feel like are it's just a matter of time. Pretty easily? I don't know. I don't think they actually have like the cloning down that well for not having an egg to fertilize. Well, let me let me explain this. Let me explain this. It's easy in the sense that they don't have to try to put holes like there's it's a full strand of DNA. It was well preserved and well maintained. So oh yeah, so have. if they could like actually use DNA to recreate something from scratch that would be an easier one than to do a regular dinosaur where the DNA is not complete. That's what I was saying. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, speaking of SeaWorld, um, they, I saw today that they announced that, that they're getting rid of the killer whales. They're getting rid of orcas. What? Yeah. They're, they're getting, they're no longer going to get orcas from captivity or breed them. And this is it. This is the last line of orcas that will be at SeaWorld. I feel like that makes more chance of them dying out completely, though. What do you mean? Like, in nature and stuff. You think? Yeah. I mean, like, I kind of think we should have some. Well, here's the thing. Is it, is it, I think there'll be places that there will be orcas. I think the point here is, is you don't want to train them and, like, breed them and do all yeah, that. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, that's true. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I, I definitely do feel that a breeding of orcas for nothing more than human enjoyment is, and by the way, the ones that they have, but dinosaurs are fine. (laughs) No, 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 no. Hear me out. I think just getting them, here's two things. It's, it's, and this is pretty much endemic with all zoo creatures. One is that, the ones that were taken from captivity and then put in, uh, taken from out out there in the wild and then put into captivity is no good, right? Yeah. That's because then they're depressed or whatever. And then on top of that, the ones that are bred in captivity have to remain in captivity because they can't be released. Because if they release them, they have their they just don't have the, na- the natural skills that one needs as a killer whale. They'd be just like they'd be like doing flips near the like ferry boats trying to get fish from like passerby. There's like yeah. no. So this is why it's bad. So if there was a way to kind of like maybe bridge that gap, maybe, you know, I don't know how they do it. I, I, I feel like when I was, I swam with the dolphins. As a matter of fact, I'm looking up at a picture of me sitting next to a dolphin, like swimming with one. There's one posted up here in my office. And um, uh, it was thrilling to swim with the dolphin. Yeah. Um, but it was sort of like a natural inlet. So like it, they could see the out world, outside world, but it was and it was a pretty big area, but they couldn't leave it, and I it did make me feel a little bad while I was doing it, even though I still did it, and I would never do it again. You'd never do it again? No, I wouldn't do it again. I felt bad for the dolphin. But you felt bad for them for swimming with you? No, I felt bad that I was I was like paying money to keep these dolphins in captivity, and they were trained, and they were. I don't know how they were treated. Maybe they were treated very lovingly. I don't know. The potential there for... Uh, here's the thing. When I feel like there's a potential to be mistreated as an animal because they're potentially, you know, they can't speak, that humans just don't care or whatever. I feel like it's... And by me paying to get that picture, like maybe... I feel like that's what happens with people, though. 
You mean like a celebrity? Just like put them no. in. No, uh, uh, I mean, mean like with any sort of job where people just don't appreciate the people who are doing it. Yeah, and th- I don't think that's right either. I know it's not, but I feel like that. Yeah, is more. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that animals are as important as people. Is my point. But uh, yeah, either way. Either way, it doesn't matter. Neither of them are good. Like, so if uh, I, I mean, I'm assuming you're making a statement on like um, that people that are underappreciated and are effectively prisoners in their own world because they can't escape. Yeah, yeah, of, yeah. Or like just slave labor from clothes, like Nike or I don't know, all that stuff. That I mean, I'm yeah. not changing anything I'm doing, but it seems like that kind of thing would be a bigger impact than not swimming with a dolphin. <laughs> well, that, here's the thing: not swimming with the dolphin is a lot easier for me, and and it's easier for me to say this. It's a lot harder for me to just like buy cl- like buy clothing. Uh, actually, I don't even know if it is not. But I mean, I don't eat meat. I, just, there, I that's like a stereotype thing. I don't actually know anything about it. <laughs> yeah, I, here's the thing, and I don't want to say it's harder. I could be better oh, about Tom. That. I, Tom Bruce says we are all of us swimming with dolphins. Hashtag guilty. <laughs> 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 the world is the world is an ocean we're nothing sums but it up. that sums yeah. it up yeah all right well, I, I'm, I mean, re- I'm retweeting that <laughs> I, yeah i don't know i just it I, have you ever done something at the at the time that seemed relatively innocent and fun as a tourist and then afterwards you were like "Ooh, maybe that wasn't a good idea no like i feel like i did that in costa rica we went on like a nighttime safari and the people were so willing to please us that they would like wake up birds while they were sleeping and like like pull down branches and do things that were way out of line for like what a, a normal safari guide would do to disturb the bird while it's sleeping. Like I don't feel like that's good. Yeah, I guess. Or you know when you go to a zoo and uh, you see an animal like that's like anxiety ridden and like just pacing back and forth and kind of like upset. But you've paid money to go to. That's why I don't go to zoos anymore. I don't go to zoos. Yeah. I don't. I don't go to like. Uh, I will go to an aquarium because I think fish are dumb. Um, but like, <laughs> what about dolphins though? I mean, they're not fish, but they're Dolph- aquariums. Sometimes they're not though. Like I, I don't think I've been to an aquarium with dolphins. I have been to aquariums with penguins. Does that count? I don't know. I mean, it's it's what counts for you. I'm just Ooh. looking for technicalities. Yeah, I, there's probably, you know what? I feel like I went to the Vancouver Aquarium and they have a beluga whale, and I believe beluga whales are probably intelligent. So yeah, um, not good. But anyway, I guess I don't know. I feel like um, if so, I you know what people are like, ah, oh, there's so much problems in the world. You don't need to worry about like the way dolphins are treated at a, a place in in uh, the Caymans. You know what I'm saying? I think people are like, well, dude, we have bigger problems. And uh, that's probably Yeah, it's not true. that you don't need to worry about it. I mean, it's like you're conscious and like you just feel for it or whatever, but yeah. I'm just comparing it to other things. And is it really as important? It's definitely not. And by the way, it's way worse. Like we've talked about those shrimp peeling slaves that are like, like they can't leave and all they do is peel shrimp like 30, like whatever, not 30, like 24 hours a day and they don't get breaks. And all they do is pay peel shrimp. That's terrible. Yeah. And, and and if I knew which companies were selling that shrimp or which organizations were they kill uh, shrimp? No, they peel shrimp. Oh yeah, they're shrimp peeling slaves. Oh yeah. Um, and it's entirely. Oh yeah. Tom Bru also says, uh, 
Who wears cheap clothing from Vietnam made by weeping children, child laborers? Answer, parlance. <laughs> <laughs> and how about this? Answer, all of America. Because that's the truth. <laughs> it's, all the, it's the truth. And, but anyways. And by the way, so you know, like this is a populist argument. The, it, when you listen to Bernie Sanders or Donald Trump or um, or even Hillary Clinton and, and so they, they talk about the jobs, the jobs going away, right? Jobs going over yeah. to, right? So there's two arguments here. Here's the two arguments. One, by creating free trade, we allow back and forth between our, our country and other countries and by doing so, we create jobs globally. And therefore, by creating jobs globally, we increase the overall wealth of nations everywhere, right? That's like one of the arguments that was made for like NAFTA, right? This other argument is kind of like what maybe more would Donald, and by the way, Donald Trump and Bernie are pretty much in agreement on this, is that we need more jobs at home and, free, and these trade agreements are bad because what they're doing is it's not in any way creating wealth for the people abroad. All it's doing is, Allowing the companies to send their job, their 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 they offshore all of their stuff and be able to make it at a cheaper price and then bring it in and all they do is make more profit and we lose jobs. Yeah. So like that, this, this is a very real argument. These are the things that people are talking about. I think it's a complex thing. And I, but if we were to just say like you know Donald Trump says I I re, he says in his very defined state like in his you know speeches and during debates when I'm president Apple will be building phones in America. Yeah. Like, there's no way Apple phones are going to be built in America. <laughs> they could afford to do it. I mean, like, they're selling it. That stuff's not actually that expensive. Right. And they're, mar but the thing is that, you know, their profits would go way down if they did do that. Yeah, their because... profits would go way down, but they'd be making, it'd be like a, like a better business. I mean, but the profits shouldn't be that high, anyways. That's the point. I think that's the point, right? So the, the question becomes is like, are you Bernie Sanders? And do you say, okay, minimum wage is $15. We shouldn't be giving these free trade agreements out there. We should be bringing the jobs back home. Prices would, would prices go up or would profits go down? And if profits went down, would that be bad? No. Right. So that's the argument. That's the argument. Whereas Trump is like, we're going to bring profits, those. Like that means for the company, that's already including all the workers pay and everything. Right. So it's only for stockholders. For sure. Absolutely. It's only for stockholders. And I, I mean, and, you know, Bernie wants to tax um, stock transactions, like a sales tax. So like every time you, if you bought like uh, $100 in shares of stock, you would get taxed 10%. So you pay $10. I mean, they already have like a trading fee. But that's but going that's not to the government. So like taxing makes sense. Yeah. It's the trading fee is going to the bank. Yeah. So they, are, they already are taxing it, and people are fine with that. Right. There's a it's subtle not a tax because it's not a government. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. So, I mean, in the end, there's corporate taxes, right? So the corporate taxes will ultimately pay taxes on the income that they earn from that. But, like, but I, 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 don't, I don't know. It's, it's a complicated thing, but it's, it's interesting to think about, uh, you know, dolphins and swimming with dolphins as it relates to the current elect election cycle. That's just cycle. something that you can do in your everyday life. Yeah. You can be like, you know what? I want to make this a better world. I'm not going to swim with dolphins anymore. <laughs> you know what? I've probably, here's the thing. I've maybe taken 
hardline stances on like three to five things that I'll never do ever again. Huh. And that's one of them. Swimming with dolphins? I will that's never a hardline it. stance? Yeah, it's a hardline stance. I will never do it ever again. And I will, I will never, I will never go to SeaWorld ever again after like, and, and this is a positive step that they stopped doing this, but it's tainted. It's tainted for me forever and ever. It's cool. Makes so like, sense. Yeah. And, and these are small issues and we have much bigger ones that are, that loom over us every day. They're lumen, lumen. They're lumen, the Illuminati. Right yeah. Lumen. Um. <laughs> <laughs> For people um, listening on the podcast supplement, I was flicking my hands around up by my head at the top of the screen, like a cloud <laughs> looming. I really hope my audio is better this week. I really hope. My I know, me too. The bad audio is crappy. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, it's really hard to tell because it sounds fine in test. That's the problem. Um. <laughs> Tom also says my eye patch looks like a cheap foreign knockoff, which is kind of the point. It's going all over the place. And uh, you are a Trump apologist. Hashtag shame. I'm not a Trump apologist. That's bullshit. Take that back. I'm not a Trump apologist. <laughs> you got you fired up. You got fired up. Yeah, I'm not a Trump apologist. As a matter of fact, I'm anything. I'm far from a Trump apologist. I can have an objective point of view about the election and how people represent their issues. And that is not being an apologist. That is me presenting the way that they are presenting themselves, me speaking objectively about the current election cycles. I don't apologize for Trump, and I'm not going to apologize for Trump. If anything, Trump should be apologizing to every single American individually, not me apologizing for him. And that's that. That's bullshit. That's a bullshit statement. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. That got me fired up. I am not a Trump apologist. <laughs> is that even a thing? Yeah, it's, it's, yes, it is a thing. The, you know, I've who, never heard of a Trump apologist. You know what an apologist is? It's someone who, like, says, well, you know, it's kind of like, it's a backhanded remark of saying you support Trump because you're, you're trying to justify his stances. I'm not justifying. I just did that earlier in the show. Well, you didn't justify stances. You said, you spoke as if, and this is what you said. Hey, look, if that's what majority wants, then majority could have it. Right? That's Basically, what you said. Yeah. yeah. That's not <laughs> apologizing for Trump. That's saying, hey, look, if people are dumb and they, and, and, and if 60% of people are dumb and 40% aren't, let's go with the dumb and see how it goes. That was what your <laughs> statement was. Yeah. That's, and, yeah, that is basically what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that here's what's happening in the election cycle. Here's a couple, if anything, like you, I was presenting uh, similarities between the populist Democrat and the populist Republican and how they sort of want the same thing in this one particular issue. That's it. That was it. Because, you know, Clinton is not a free trader. Clinton is a free trader, excuse me. Her husband was responsible for NAFTA. So whatever, bite me. That's what I say. Whatever. Yeah, um, you, know, uh, you know, we had a big winter storm and I lost power. And um, there, there, there's nothing more worrisome when when the power goes out and you haven't charged appropriately your electronic devices. Oh yeah, I know, I know. I always keep I keep my stuff charged. My power hasn't really gone out though. Yeah. Um, so folks, we do normally do at this time a uh, review roulette, um, but I procrastinated. Fresher procrastinated. Fresher than said he was I going to. Instead. 
and he was going to see Zootopia. So I said, you know what, Fresher, you go see Zootopia. You spend some time talking about Zootopia, and that will be our movie review of the week. So we will, we will review our movie from last week next, the next time we do the show. Which was Frequencies. Yes, which was Frequencies. On Netflix, which looks mediocre. Yeah, right, exactly. So uh, we it's are not... The, um, description is, in an alternate reality where frequencies determine one's level of success in life, Low-end Zach falls for Marie, who's much farther up the scale. Classic story. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds terrible. Sounds like that classic, oh, uh, you know, she's out of my league kind of storyline. Yeah, how often is it the other way? Oh, I guess that does happen. Like that the guy is high up and then the girl's low. Which one do you think is more? The girl is higher up. Yeah, usually the girl's a high one, right? Oh, you know what? I take that back because there are, yeah, normally it's the girl. I was going to say there's probably some stories where it's like the prince falls in love with some commoner, but I feel like more than often than not, it's the princess who falls in love with the commoner. Yeah, I think so too. Romeo and Juliet, they were just warring. They weren't high and low, right? Uh, Romeo and Juliet were both high. Yeah, but they were just like conflicting families. Right, exactly. That that was that was a that wasn't um, like it, that was forbidden love versus class differences love. Yeah. Um, well, anyways, yeah. it's one of those. So yeah, we're gonna watch it next week. Right. Warp, warp. Right. So we're probably gonna start. Uh, we're gonna wrap it up here. I just want to let you know, Fresher. Did you know that we are part of a podcast network? Oh my gosh, a podcast network! I didn't even know they had those. I know it's revolutionary and we're part of some revolutionary stuff. It's called the soon to be named po- uh, network podcast and it can be found on soon to be named network.com. Just type it in there. Boop, 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 boop on the computer. It looks much like the, uh, the website that from 1999, that Sonic youth website. And it you is. can go on there and, um, and you could, you can see all of the lovely and wonderful shows such as prodigal sons, podcast, Longbox heroes, podvocacy, puzzle warriors, three, there's a couple of new ones coming online that are, should be in there too. Uh, take a look at it. Go on there right now. Listen to them because I'm pretty sure they promote us. I'm 100% certain they promote us. So do us a favor and check them out because I know some of their folks are checking us out. Um, and uh, if, you, if you like them, let us know. Let them know that you like them and you got sent there by yours truly, Fresher and Parlance. Um, so, uh, I think that about wraps it up for this week. Did you have anything else you wanted to add before we say goodbye here, Fresher? Uh, I've just got this giant eye patch here on my face. It's more of a face patch at this point. No, I, but, I'm, uh, I'm, no I'm, I think that, uh, wraps it up. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Ah, uh, dude, I, I purposely left this open to you so you could say happy birthday to your friend and you totally blew it. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday to my niece, Una, also. Look at that. See, that's all you had to do. It's too bad Una had to wait for an entire. Oh, she's not gonna watch this anyways. Oh, I'm gonna get my patch back. Okay, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so much like ninety nine point nine nine percent of the population, Una will not be watching this show. But <laughs> yeah. you who are listening and watching this show right now, thank you so much for your uh, for your uh, loyalty and uh, for your uh with stay with it to itness is that a word stay with to it yes stay, yeah stick to itiveness stick to itiveness yes there you go thanks for uh hanging around and uh and uh much like frank sinatra jr 
This is Parlance saying sayonara, muchachos. <laughs> this is Fisher saying later, taters. <laughs>